we're supposed to show grace to our spouse. I think our cups and having an abundance to give after so long, your cup, it doesn't stay filled. You can only do that for a limited amount of time. It's just not sustainable. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how do you get over resentment, hurt, and neglect? Yeah, that's a big one. Yes. It's not easy. Nope. But it is possible. Yeah. Here's how. Okay, let's get started. How do you get over years of resentment, hurt, and neglect? Mm. It's a big question. It is. You've been married to someone for many years. And there's been a inordinate amount of hurt or they ignore your feelings or they're just neglectful. They're selfish. They're self-centered. I was just wondering that because we're supposed to show grace Mm -hmm. to our spouse. Mm -hmm. I think our cups and having an abundance to give, mm-hmm. I think after so long, your cup, it doesn't stay filled. Right. It's like you go on a diet and you work, cut out sugars and you cut out carbs and you cut out this and mm-hmm. you exercise extra. You can only do that for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. You can't continue that for years and years and years and years. Um, it's just not sustainable. Right. And I think, I think we can continue to be kind and show grace, but I don't know how when you're constantly for years and years being neglected and not being treated well, how you stay in that has to wear you thin at some point. So does that mean that if someone has been in a marriage like this, that they're just stuck forever, that there is no healing, there is no escape from that? I'm kind of torn because it feels that way. Right, it does. I believe it truly feels that way. Yeah. And you're not the only one who feels that way. A lot of people. In fact, there's another question I have in here, which is along the same theme of what happens when you marry someone and then they change and now you're stuck. That word right there is really important. You're stuck in a marriage. Right. Because you don't want to divorce. But then there's a part of me that says, okay, what tools do you have? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know this is this to me is really hard to say, but have you tried any of the tools that we mm-hmm. that we have? Because right. I know they work. Right. They have worked for us. Yeah. And And we're not the only one who have good marriage tools, by the way. Right, we have right. we have very good ones and some of the ones we have are very similar to ones you can get from anywhere else. So we're not saying that we have the only answers, but right. we make a, a policy to build as many tools as possible because marriage is important to us. Right. Exactly. But you're right. Where have they been used? Right. Having really good tools in your garage, I mean, top of the line tools and never using them to fix your car will still mean your car runs terrible. Right. You have to actually use them, get them dirty, take them out, test them. Right. Yeah. But, but I guess there's that realistic part of me that says, even with all the best tools and even trying tools. Yeah. If you have someone who just won't change. Yeah. How do you, how do you, what do you do? So right there is actually the very beginning of the answer. Because um, if we look at the question again, the question is, how do you get over years of resentment, hurt, and neglect? 
And the answer is, if you're actively still in that situation, you're not going to get over it because you're actively being hurt still. The very first thing that has to happen for you to start to heal is you have to be out of that situation. That doesn't mean you have to be out of the marriage, but the person who has been hurting you, neglecting you, has to demonstrate some level of change, some level of remorse, some level of responsibility. If If that person has never done that, and they're still constantly blaming you or denying that they've done anything wrong, then getting over it is actually probably a much harder, if not impossible, thing to do. I'll even put this in a biblical term because even in Scripture, one of the things that's most important to the process of forgiveness is confession. If we confess our sins, he's now faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It begins with the person who has done wrong admitting that they have done wrong. And that is the beginning of cleaning up or restoring a relationship, whether it's between you and me or between me and God. There has to be that level of responsibility that is taken. And so many people don't do that. Right. And that lack of responsibility is the number one thing that breaks down relationships. They will not take responsibility. They will blame shift and gaslight or or blame other people and never own it themselves. You can't be in relationship with someone at least an intimate, vulnerable, trust-filled relationship. Right, you might exactly. still be married. You might be roommates. You might still be co-parenting. But you're not going to be getting over all of those hurts and those wounds. So let me ask from this perspective, because we don't really know the situation of this question. Correct. So that's nope. a good place to start for if a person's in a relationship where it's still happening. Right. So the key word in the sentence is, get over. Yeah. So what if they're in a, in a relationship where the spouse has recognized that they've screwed up yep. and have been hurtful? Yep. And now the question is from how do I get over years yeah. of this? Yeah. What that, that was the next step. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Acknowledgement is the first step, but not the only step. Then there has to be demonstrable change over a long period of time. And that is what starts to build that trust. It it builds that um, confidence that, okay, this person isn't just changing temporarily. This person has actually made a a legitimate change, an internal change, and I can trust that. I can let my guard down again. I'm not going to be hurt by them in the same ways that I've been hurt by them in the past. Right. And and there there is time. Unfortunately, time is an important element in this because, I mean, just like a broken arm, just like a a physical injury, you can't just say, I acknowledge that I'm wounded. I have this broken arm, this compound fracture, and there's bone sticking out of my arm. Just acknowledging it isn't enough to make it feel better. You have to now put it all back together. You got to put it in a cast. And now it takes weeks and weeks and weeks for it to heal. Right. You still might not have the strength back now. You still have to have months of physical therapy or even years before you have that arm fully back to use again. Time is required to heal. Right. And when when it's a broken bone, there's no expectation that it's going to heal overnight or in the next day or in the next week. And I think a lot of times there's this expectation that if... I have done something wrong and I come and I say, I'm sorry that you're just going to get over it. You're going to forgive me and we're going to move on. And if it's something that's been happening for a long term, you have to know that it's going to take time to build that trust and time 
to watch and see, oh, they really meant what they said. They really are making steps to change. And so I think there's this expectation in our minds that we can just get over something. Or maybe not an expectation. I think it's probably more a heart desire of, I just want to be able to get over it because I don't want to feel all those things that I feel. Yeah. I mean, this is a messy process. Yeah. For sure. And it would be nicer if you could just get over it, you know, really quick. This is the whole context of movies that are made, like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where you can go to the guy who has the machine, who can plug it into your head, and you can erase all those things that you just don't like, you find unpleasant. Unfortunately, every movie that has that kind of theme or that storyline always ends up bad. Right. (laughs) There's no good ending to that story because it just, that doesn't happen. We can't erase those kind of things. So if you have someone who takes responsibility and confesses, you now grant them time to demonstrate that they're going to be living a changed lifestyle. Then the third thing that has to happen is, again, we talk about it in a lot of our podcasts, um, you have to talk about the process as well as the problem. So while you are struggling with trust, while you are acknowledging, hey, I still have these kind of resentful feelings, if you say those things out loud to this person who has hurt you and they can respond with, I totally get it. We spent the first 15 years of our marriage in hell. It was terrible. You were in survival mode and it's only been three years since we've been doing better. Of course, it makes sense that you're going to still have a hard time trusting or opening up or you're struggling with resentment. I get that. That makes sense. Of course it does. And when you can talk about it in those kinds of terms and those kind of language, and you're talking about the process of the healing with the person who's actually healed you, that's the weirdest thing. A lot of people hurt you. Sorry believing that the person who's actually hurt you can actually heal you is such a hard principle for many, many people to get wrapped up into their head. That for me, when you would early in our marriage, well, early to most of our marriage, I (laughs) guess I'll say. To last (laughs) Tuesday. Yeah. When you would hurt my feelings, and I mean really hurt my feelings, or we'd have a really big fight, and you would want to connect and be close not to push aside what happened, but to help me heal. Right. I could not wrap my mind around the fact that how can you, who just hurt me, yeah. want to take care of me? It, yeah. it just did not make any sense in my mind. But as soon as I could let you in, yeah. healing happened so fast. Yeah. And... um It's a hard one. Yeah. It's a really hard one. In fact, it's probably one of the hardest things, especially for people who have trust issues or control issues or they've been hurt very deeply by other people. It's tough. It's it's not easy. But if you can, again, if you can talk about that process, just the fact that you're calling out that elephant in the room, that you're dealing with that issue, now means you get over that resentment and that hurt and that pain much, much faster much faster. And I think talking about the process while you're in it also helps keep you out of your survival brain. Sure. It, I think for me, it really keeps me from spiraling out of control. Yeah. It, it gives a framework, I guess, or a roadmap for walking through what you're talking about so that you're not bunny trailing off, yeah. if that makes any yeah. sense. No, you're staying... You're staying right in the moment. You're staying on topic. You're staying, uh, again, that's why they use the word immediacy. It's it's what's happening immediately right now. You're very present. It's hard to be distracted. 
Right. And it's, again, it's very cathartic. It's very healing for both people, in fact. I acknowledge that the main ingredient to actually getting over a lot of this is actually seeing change in the person who's been doing all the bad behavior. And that doesn't always happen. Right. Again, we live in a very realistic world here. And unfortunately, people who misbehave don't always take responsibility for that. They never, they never own up to it. Does that mean, again, now you're stuck, that you can't actually heal, that there's nothing you can do to get out of that? I'm going to answer no. I still think that you can heal, but usually it heals best when you find your source of um, strength and truth in things um, outside of your marriage, outside of your physical comfort or your relational comfort. I actually believe that people who have a faith system, who typically have a spirituality or a belief in something that's bigger or better than them, will absolutely have greater resources available to them because there's a there's a bigger purpose behind all of this. They're not in this alone. Again, lots of lots of spiritual traditions consider there's actually some benefit to suffering and how it kind of shapes you and changes you and refines you. Um, it doesn't have to define you. It can actually become a refining kind of component if you are able to kind of step outside of the situation and say, okay, how is this shaping me? How is, what am I learning? How am I growing in this? Um, how am I being able to act within my own integrity so that I am not kind of coming down to the lowest common denominator right. or retaliating or getting even or the, the worst part of me comes out of this. Um, and so that is another way you can actually use these really crappy situations to can become redeemed is to say, okay, how has this suffering, and it genuinely is suffering, we're not, we're not going to minimize that. It is hell living in some of these terrible marriages. It really is painful. And yet um, those can be used to refine you and to help you become a better person. Um, usually that process is done by having someone outside of you be able to ask you those questions and help kind of change your perspective sure. and bring some of that insight that you don't have because you're in the midst of it and you're just kind of right. swamped in the pain. Right. Um, again, therapists, good friends, pastors, people like that who typically can ask those good questions. So even if you aren't out of the situation, they can become redeeming. I would actually have someone start with Viktor Frankl's book. I mean, he was a, a person in a concentration camp. He lost some of his family. And he wrote about this very concept because he couldn't escape the Nazis and being stuck in this horrific horrific situation and yet he still found a way to not let it break his spirit right. for him and his at he said I, they can take all of my all, of my, all of my physical comforts they can't ever take away my attitude they can't take away my mental state that is something that nobody can ever touch i'm the one who has control over that at all times in my life and it actually he actually helped many many other people in those concentration camps to survive to get through those horrific situations even though they lost everything wow material comfort houses family family i mean they lost everything and yet they were still able to walk away from it some of these stories about again holocaust survivors sure. um are transformative they're just they're just monumental and and sometimes marriages feel that way so what was the name of the book? Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is a good one to start with. Okay. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has some good stuff too, if you just look up some of his books. They're older books. Again, these are not contemporary books by any means, but they are classics. They are 
books that generations have read and have learned some of these lessons. And I think that we in our generation could actually benefit from some of those because unfortunately marriage can feel like being stuck or trapped in a really, really painful situation. And this is how you take control of your inner world, of your mind, of your attitude. And so you're not actually ever stuck. It's not easy, but it is possible. So there is still hope. We want everyone to kind of hear that and know that. So kind of a heavier topic, actually, now that I'm thinking bit, about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching your expression on your face. I'm knowing what, noticing what I'm feeling <laughs> around this. It's like, woof. okay. Yeah. So that wasn't a warm, fuzzy one, but I think it's an important one. Anyway, as my voice goes out here at the end of this session, and I think we're done recording for the day, uh, if you want to learn how to do some of this in your marriage, securemarriage.com, we would encourage everyone to go through the Secure Marriage online workshop. Lots of lessons around how to kind of handle some of these things, some of the bigger issues, so you don't actually get into these kind of helpless, hopeless situations in your marriage. So securemarriage.com and consider going through the online workshop, top right uh, corner of the page. Just click on the button and you'll get all the information you need about it right there. Okay, I'm done. Alrighty. And you're done. You're you're really done. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Alrighty. Bye bye. Bye bye.